and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous host, Laura Shook Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, Sonia. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm super excited to dive into part two of our podcast series on women and money and business. Mm, some good stuff. I know we could not do it all in one, and I know we're going to kind of take a different angle on money this time around. So I've been looking forward to the conversation as well. Yeah, me as well. I think, you know, it was a really good session last week where we talked more sort of from the ideas of definitions around money, how we view it, perception, mindset. But this week, I want to, I don't think we can talk about money without sort of diving into some of that. But I also want to talk about some of the practical stuff around money and business. Because, you know, we do need to get more comfortable with money in our businesses. And I think we need to, to look at how do we create goals around money? How do we actually measure our metrics? What does all of this look like? What can support us as women in our business to, you know, really embrace money and create more of it? Yeah, I think, I think for me, when I first began as an entrepreneur, it was just not something that I had a lot of skill training on, Um, you know, the handling the finances of my business. And we've talked about this before of so many um, of us that are in professions that come from maybe like the healing professions, therapy, the creatives, um, or so many industries and professions, the grad training or the professional training is focused on the craft, which is really important that we learn the skill, (laughs) but then learning how to do the fundamentals of business is often left out. And of course, if that's left out, that means that we aren't talking spreadsheets. We aren't learning about the best tools. We aren't learning about metrics. I mean, I was definitely a couple of years in nothing <laughs> to yeah. my business before I even understood really what the metrics were or what that meant to use my numbers as a roadmap. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, kind of where I want to start today is to look at, you know, I, I believe as I teach everything around business, we have to start from the inside out. So one of the things we have to start with is getting comfortable with looking at our money and our personal relationship to money. So, you know, if you sort of take away for a minute, you know, here's all the metrics, here's, you know, talking about money to other people. I think, you know, the very first thing we have to talk about is how do we get more comfortable with looking at it ourselves? Um, Because if we aren't comfortable looking at money and talking about money within ourselves or our relationship to money, it's going to be really hard to to have a better relationship with money outside of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. The personal relationship, the way that we perceive money, the way that we've um, 
been taught about money, what we've picked up from our families, from early experiences, all of those things are sometimes playing out consciously. Sometimes we're very well aware of those patterns or things that have happened that have influenced our opinion of money. And then sometimes um, a lot of it's unconscious and we're just kind of carrying that around. So I would say that's kind of the first place I went with money was, you know, starting to look at what am I not aware of? What's really kind of buried deep in that unconsciousness? Because that's really the, the trickier piece for me, you know, that I didn't really even know that I had um, some conflicted relationship with money. I kind of consciously thought that I grew up with money being something that was pretty positive and was okay to talk about. <laughs> but then I dug a little bit deeper and I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, we really kind of like didn't talk about it. And then when we talked <laughs> about people having money, it was sort of usually maybe that they were selfish with their money or they were being greedy mm-hmm. with their money. Or they, you know, something about too much money maybe lost um, that person's character. Something was negative about that person's character if they had too much money. Mm, Yeah. Look, there's so much stuff. And I think, you know, the first thing is we really need to get neutral around numbers, right? Like it's, they're just numbers and they don't mean anything until we put a meaning on them. They literally are, you know, a number, you know, and watching sort of like the, you know, watching your kids grow up and sort of learn about numbers. You're like, there's no association. Like it's a number, you know, that one, two, three, four, five, they're just counting. And I think we need to really start to adopt more of a neutralness with the numbers so that we can start to record them. We can start to see them. We can start to look at them and not put so much uh, stuff around them. And because you hear all the time women say, I don't even bother looking at my numbers. I'm not good with numbers, like all of these different things. And I don't think it's literally that they're not good with maths. Right. Because yeah. I mean, I don't think we're talking about very complicated math. We've got, you know, plenty yeah. of calculators, <laughs> like, you know, adding things, subtracting things. Like, I don't think it's that. For spreadsheets, do it yeah. for us. We have the right formula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, really easy. So I think, you know, what it is, is that we're uncomfortable with the ideas and, and you know, sort of mindset we have around money. So I think we've got to start with looking at our numbers. We've got to start with getting neutral about numbers. And and I think what's so cool is that there's there's really beautiful things about metrics in our business and numbers and money because it's measurable and it can yeah. provide a picture of where we are in business, of where we want to be. It's a roadmap. Whereas, you know, without any numbers, it's hard for things to be measurable. We can kind of go by feeling, which I still think is a really important metric. You know, how am I feeling in my business? Am I moving closer to or farther away from the feeling that I really want? But metrics really do provide this like concrete, black and white, clear measurement so that we can continue to create more of what we want and less of what we don't want. So this is the beauty of getting really comfortable with numbers and money and, you know, the metrics in our business. Yeah. I really wish that I would have had that perception about numbers in the beginning that it was a roadmap. Because now, as I am getting so much better at my QuickBooks, I have almost everything in there and I can run reports and I can, then I, and I even look at things now and I go, gosh, I really don't want to classify it like that. I'm going to put it over here so that I can run a report just to see that particular metric, that particular mm-hmm. line item. It's fascinating to me now how much information I get from my numbers. And I just did not have that appreciation. And I think it was fear for me personally. 
I was afraid to look at them because I didn't understand what I was looking for or what I needed. And it was kind of the head in the sand. Like, I'm just going to, you know, let that be the bank statements. I'm just, as long as there's a positive balance, you know, like that's all I got to go for. And I wasn't (laughs) looking at what that money coming in where it, where it was coming in exactly, like why that was important, how it's going out. Um, and I did have a financial consultant notice about me. She says, you're really good at saving money. Notice that about you. You're really good at cutting your costs, looking at places where you could spend less. She's like, let's focus on bringing in more money. <laughs> it's like, what if you didn't have to always save? And then I thought, well, that's my family story. I have the grandparents that were in the depression and so much of my upbringing as a child was like, how do we save? How do we recycle? How do we reuse? How do we reduce? And so I took that mindset into my business. And so when I looked at my numbers, I was just looking at how I could save costs. And I wasn't putting enough attention on how I could bring more money in. Yeah. And and that's a whole thing I want to sort of approach towards the end of this podcast is investing in business and what that actually looks like and how we should perceive that and, you know, some helpful ways to look at it. But yeah, yeah I mean, totally. And, and I think, you know, we, we really need to focus on our numbers. Like I, I know in my own personal experience, because I'm also not inclined to love numbers. Like it's something I've had to learn. It's something I've had to work with. It's something I've had to redefine for myself because I had really negative sort of very masculine people in my lives. It pushed me around money, really bad associations with money. So for me, money was never an important thing, never an important metric, never something I looked at. So I really had to develop that over time. But now I know that when I have no attention on my metrics and numbers, my business slumps. And when I have attention on my metrics and numbers, my business grows. Like it really is valuable. Like our attention sustains reality. And if we don't have any attention on our numbers, we're probably not doing very well. Yeah. You know, so I think wow. that's a really important part. Thought about, you know, in we've talked about it. All right, and I use this with my clients around body awareness, like where you put your attention, the energy flows. Mm. So it's the same w- with energy and money. It's like yes. if we put attention there, then there's some energy flowing, and there's that awareness. And I think that my story was sort of that you, you don't put attention on money; that that yeah. somehow is taboo. It's like, we just don't talk Mm. about money. Don't put attention on money. You're not supposed to be all about money. You're just supposed to be a good person. Um, and so there was some sort of let's ignore the money because we're not supposed to talk about it. Um, and now I realized that yes, I was then not putting attention towards things and without the attention, then we can't have that energy exchange that we talked about last time, like that energy flow that we want to be able to start looking at our money, our relationship with money as this energetic exchange. Yeah. And I think, you know, this really leads quite nicely into something I wanted to talk about, which is how do we create goals around money? Because I think, you know, that's how we have to determine what we do put our attention on. And I think a lot of people's goals around money are not very sustainable. Like, it's like these ideas and concepts about money, but they're not really tied into either reality or our values. So I think before we can create goals around money, we first have to talk about, like, what are our values? What do we really want? Because... I think so many people just throw out numbers or like, I want to make a million dollars, you know, which we talked about in the last episode as well. 
they don't realize what it's actually going to take to get there. Like the amount of investment they're going to have to make to make a million dollars. Like, you know, I mean, I know people who are making a million dollars a year and, you know, they're investing 20 grand in Facebook ads and they're investing 50 grand in people helping them to sustain that business. And like, you know, you, I don't think a lot of people sort of have any reality for what kind of life they're going to have to make a million dollars. And not to say that's not a great goal, if that really is your goal. But I think we have to look at tying it into value. I know for me, one of my challenges with sort of money goals in the past was that I did not want to give up my balance or my alignment. And for me, I perceived that the more money I made, the more misalignment and the more balance I would have to give up. So for me, there was like no you know, desire to sort of create a huge amount of money because I always valued my freedom and balance more. Now I've since integrated a lot of that to realize I, this not, doesn't have to be a compromise. But I think if you're not clear about what your values are and what you really want to create, there's no way to create a goal around money that is aligned with that. Yes. I would actually like to pull that one out, that belief that you're talking about. And it's one that I have had is that when we start making money that we're going to lose our balance because, you know, Sonia, it's not just some random thought that you and I have had. It is Mm. what we've been told. Mm. So many women are told from a very early part in their career, well, you could climb this ladder. You could be CEO. You could be the founder. You could be this, but are you planning on having a family? (laughs) Are you planning on being able to do all those other things? Because if so, I don't know, you might want to rethink it. So I, and I actually just read this really absurd statement from a male physician that was saying that he didn't believe in inequality of pay for male and female physicians that most female physicians just didn't choose to go after the um, higher paying positions that that they were choosing other responsibilities like their families and other interests. And that was why it was unequal because of their choice. Oh my God. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. So I just want to like point out that I think um, there are many women who have that sort of internal story of um, I want to be, I want to pursue my business. I want to be really successful. I want to go after the million dollars or more, but am I going to sacrifice too much? Am I going to be that working mom that never sees her family? Um, am I going to have to choose money over love? Am I going to choose money over being the good wife and the good mom? Do you think that that's, um, not just in our heads. I think that's a cultural message that unfortunately still impacts many of us today. Look, I absolutely think that's true. And I also think in in response to that, we've cultivated another culture in the entrepreneur world that is also very unrealistic. So I think, you know, we're we're sort of looking around these two things because, you know, the truth is that, you know, to make a million dollars, as an example, is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're yeah. not, there's no place where you're going to get to growing your business in a sustainable way where you're sitting on the beach collecting cash in your bank account. Like that does not exist. So I think, you know, there's a balance. It really is like a balance. Like, you know, to there's a threshold that I talk a lot about with my clients that, you know, if you want to get to a certain level of income, you can streamline your business, simplify it and make it work really well to that level of income where you can have a lot of balance and freedom. If you want to step up to the next level of income, you're going to be working harder. So, you know, there, there is this balance 
I think that we have to, you know, yes, it isn't about working yourself into the ground. And, you know, it doesn't mean that to go after your dreams or, you know, that you're going to have to sacrifice your family. I think that is a belief that we have to sort of discreate or, or remove. But I also think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to get to some level of success where it's easier because the, you know, the more higher on the level of success you get in your business, the bigger the decisions, the more risk you're taking, the more stressful things can be. And so, you know, there is this like balance and designing very deliberately a business structure that will work sustainably. So it's one of the reasons why I'm such a proponent for the systems I teach and the business models I teach, because I know what will work for service businesses in terms of sustainability and the most possible freedom and balance, you know, and income together. But a lot of business models aren't sustainable. And so like, no matter how hard you work at it, no matter how successful you get, you're only going to add on more stress and more balance. So I think, yeah, it's this, it's this interesting thing. I know you were sort of going one way and I just sort of took it another, but I think it, there's a, there's a middle road here. (laughs) No, I agree. Actually, I'm so glad we're talking about entrepreneurship on the show, Mm -hmm. because what you just pointed out was that we have gone from one model, which is like a lot of women starting off early on in their careers and their professions going more traditional routes. So going the C-suite route, climbing a ladder, going into Mm -hmm. agencies, corporations, institutions. And that's where they were getting that message. Like you can't climb up um, and have what you want. So all of these women have been opting out into entrepreneurship with a um, misbelief, unfortunately, and like some rose-colored glasses, some myths that if we just opt out of that, that we're going to go and have, oh, we're a mom that can have this home-based business, or I'm just going to go into consulting, or I'm just going to take my expertise and it's going to be awesome. And all the clients are going to come to me and I'm going to sit in my home office with my toddler on the floor and it's going to be amazing. I'm going to have a gourmet (laughs) dinner made by, you know, six o'clock. It's, it's, it is exactly what you're saying. We kind of went the other way. Mm. And I think that, um, this is why this podcast and our conversations are so important because it's like, we're not going to fit in, or I know for myself, I don't fit into either one of those realities, but I am a hundred percent sure that I can design a work life for myself. Um, but I have to be really practical and I have to understand money and I have to understand what my needs are. And if we are always taking in these Facebook ads and all this information coming at us, we can kind of get lost and start um, thinking that, you know, either taking the wrong path and going a direction that isn't going to get us there or feeling like we're, something's flawed with us because we aren't getting where we want to be. So, no, I'm glad that you brought that one out. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so this goes back to, you know, sort of our goals around money, which I think is a really important place to start with yourself. You know, when you're looking at your money, when you're, when you're starting to sort of work with money, I think, you know, we have to look at goals around money. And so I think that is really important. You have to determine what you really want. And then you need to put some reality around your goals. Like it's great to have a lofty goal of like, you know, I know we keep using this one a million dollars, but it's just one I constantly see out there. But (laughs) You know, like what's the reality of of that? Like how much will you have to invest in? Is that really even what you want? Do you really want an empire that you're having to run day in, day out and be responsible for? Do you just want something really simple that allows you freedom and flexibility? Like I think, you know, you've got to kind of determine what feels good to you and put some reality around it. Look at your expenses. Look at the lifestyle that you want to have. Look at what you want to create, you know, in the future. And then sort of put that all together. What – 
what would be a nice income for me to make? What would be some really like clear goals around sales? Um, you know, so that you can start to make some reality around your money. And I think this is a really important thing. And then you have to also look at the expenses to create that amount of money. You know, how much expenses am I going to have? You know, because I think we do have to invest. So the more money you want to make in your business, the more you have to invest in your business, time, energy, and money. And so there is like an exponential, it's kind of like it goes in waves um, where you have this exponential increase. So once you stabilize your business, you have a really streamlined and efficient business as an example, then you can, you sort of can max out your expenses and then you can keep growing your sales to a point. And then when you want to go to that next level of sales, your expenses are going to really increase and you're going to have a much smaller margin. And then you can sort of grow it to a point. And then, you know, you're, you'll have a little bit bigger margin. And then to go to the next level, you're going to have to invest more. So I think, you know, there's these, these things that we don't really even talk about. I think a lot of people aren't even really aware in their business. They're just kind of doing their thing, trying to create sales as much as they can, not really paying t- attention to their expenses, or they're so afraid to spend money that they're like, okay, my expenses are really, really low, but their sales are low as well. So these are all yeah. things that we need to sort of be be like talking about and looking at. Yeah, I agree that it's something that we don't talk about. And I didn't hear anyone really distinguishing the different um, real live examples of what that looks like. I mean, for me and you and I, when we started off, we mm-hmm. were very clear that we're two single moms and we are going to bootstrap <laughs> an, a business And we're going to see like what type of resources can we create from our existing resources because you and I were not going to hit the pavement getting big um, investors. And also we didn't want investors to mess with our um, idea because our idea was so innovative. And we knew that if we started pulling in other people who had uh, financial interests that it might take us off in a a different direction, right? That we wouldn't stay in our integrity of our vision. So we're like, okay, what can we create with um, this small amount of money? And really, when I look at my co-working space, it's like a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. I don't know, like that I've personally invested. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit there and look and compare myself to these other co-working spaces sometimes, and then I'm reminded that they they launched with six million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still like trying to play in the same field. I'm like, wait a minute, they have a really good website and they're like doing really good this and that. Like, why don't I have that fancy treadmill? Like, hello, because I did not want to go after, I, I chose for my work life to have a smaller investment and play with that to see how it would feel because I didn't want to take on the responsibility of a larger, you know, um, I didn't want to take on what that $6 million from an outside investor would look like. So, yes, you know, yes. and we don't talk about those differences and we're measuring all of our mm. businesses kind of with the same measuring stick and they're not at all like I should get the scrappy award. I'm like amazing at resources. <laughs> I am yeah. like the queen of creating resources from very little. And that's not something that, um, you know, that I'm getting into Forbes magazine for, but the, you know, but, but we will reward the larger level of investment because that's what we're kind of used to seeing. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm actually just saying like everybody to each their own. And that's not something that I 
understood that there was a, a diversity and a difference in the way that people were funding their spaces and what your expectations for your business should be based on that. Right. And this is like, I just can't say enough. The comparison is really something you don't want to do, especially when you're creating your goals around money, when you're looking at your money, like all of it, because the same is true with sort of the revenue play, you know, like how much revenue you're making in your business. Like I was just recently at an awards thing and they were like really focused on revenue and there was million dollar businesses and there was barely, you know, but the, the amount of profit was dramatically different. The amount of time into a business is dramatically different. So you know, as an example, when I started to <clears throat> be in and more surrounded by these really higher end businesses, so, you know, consultants and coaches who were making, you know, in the millions of dollars, and I started to see behind their business and, re- and recognize, wow, a couple things. A, a lot of them are barely making any money. So, so much of that million, those millions of dollars are actually just going into investing back in their business to pay, to run and operate their business because they have all these people they have to hire. They're paying for all these Facebook ads, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one thing that was quite an awakening for me because I want a higher margin. I want to work less and make more. And so for me, then some of those constructs don't work. Also looking in, in terms of like so many of these businesses are not providing great value. Like, you know, they're not providing a lot of impact. They're sort of just regurgitating a lot of the same stuff over and over again to their clients. Um, and, and that also wasn't a value I held. Like, I really want to have integrity in my program, even as I'm scaling it, even as I'm pulling myself out, I need to make sure that the quality of the program is really high. So, you know, when you look at all of that, that dramatically changes the way you look at your money goals, the way you look at your sales and revenue, the way you look at your expenses. Like, you have to look at all those metrics to be more clear about what you want in and of yourself. Because I have seen, I really, like, I have worked with women who have million dollar debts. And every, like, day, they're just running. They're running to try to get their business to be sustainable. They're not paying off the debt. They're just barely surviving. They're holding yeah. onto a ledge, ready to fall off with that million dollar debt that they invested. So I think, you know, we got to get more reality around the numbers because when you look at what people are making and you look at their expenses, that's a very different reality than people just posting, oh, I make 50 grand a month or I just sold 100K in revenue. Like, yeah, but what is what does that mean? What does that include? Yeah. How much time, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, and really a very common one I think is overlooked is the um, sweat equity or emotional mm. labor, unpaid mm. labor. Like there's so much... And, and women are notorious for pouring that into a business um, without taking into that fully into consideration and taking that money out. Like we talked about this last time where I had a male business coach that was just like, gosh, if I wasn't able to already cut myself a check with this amount, then I'm out, you know, like I'm done. I don't know um, why you would stay in. But women are so motivated by um, making, you know, providing that solution and doing that innovative, um, you know, thing in their business that sometimes we will continue to pour our time and energy. And we are used to not being paid for our labor. Often we've done this for a long time. We've um, done the caretaking. We've done a lot of things in our families or our communities for as volunteers. And so it doesn't really um, dawn on us, like how much we are, spending on our business. And Mm -hmm. when we don't take that 
into consideration and we don't really put those numbers, like think how many hours are you actually spending? What's your value um, per hour? Then that's where we get a little skewed as well. And I'm not saying that men, you know, don't do that when they're doing a startup. They obviously are doing a lot and they're working and they're not getting money back right away. But I've just noticed that women tend to do it longer um, mm. think over over greater periods of time and at a larger debt. They're acquiring like an energy debt in, in their business that's hard to come back from. Yeah. And I think this ties back into sort of that value and goals. Like, you know, the thing is, is that most women that I know, and definitely probably most of our audience, you know, is not motivated by money. Like I don't wake up and say, yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to make a hundred K this month. Like none of that would motivate me. None of that would inspire me to action. What I'm motivated by is my impact, right? Whose life am I changing? How am I impacting more women? How am I affecting the culture? How am I changing things? And I think this is a lot of women. So what is really becomes important is we have to tie our impact into a money goal. Like, because it is important to have a measurement. It is important to ensure that we're financially stable. So all of this money stuff is very important. So then we have to look at how do we tie that back? And I'll give you an example. So for me, money was never, ever important. Like, do I have enough money to, you know, live the life I want? Do I have enough money to pay for the things that I want? Can I go get my coffees? Can I, you know, go travel? Whatever it was, can I, you know, pay for everything? That was sort of my... Uh, goal shaping around money because I was like, you know, can I have my lifestyle, right? Because I knew I was making impact because every day I was reaching people and I was helping people. So, you know, I I came upon this time when I was really looking for a a higher level mentor, right? Because I always love having my own mentors to pull me up to that next level. And I was looking for sort of the, you know, in these millionaire ranges and some of the higher level, um, you know, mentors. And they were all men. Like I struggled to find any women that were in this, you know, sort of like making the millions, helping, you know, women directly with sort of raising their level of business. There's like maybe one or two out there, but there's very, very few. It's dominated by men. Yeah. And I realized, oh my gosh, like my whole life changed because I realized I've got to step up to be that, right? I've got to help women, you know, lift themselves up financially because we need a lot more women to have financial impact, to have power, to have money, like so that we can, because we'll filter it back into the world. We'll save people. We'll serve people. We'll like, this, it's great what women do with money. And so I think, you know, Uh, that totally shifted all my goals around money when that happened. And I realized like, I've got to make money, you know, a lot higher level of money to be able to lift other people up to, to make that level of money. And all of a sudden money goals were awesome. And I could completely see those because they were really tied into the impact that I want to make in the world. And I think that's what everybody has to strive for is looking for tying their money goals into the impact that they want to make. Yes. Yes. Well, the female funding ripple is real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, this is why we're having this conversation is because we've been down this path ourselves. We've struggled to understand um, all the nuances of our relationship with money. Mm. And I still just find that it's the conversation that's the hardest to have. It's still the taboo, right? The, The one that 
you're at a networking meeting and people aren't starting off with like, hi, I'm Laura and I'm grossing this much a month, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like people either, if they are making a lot, they're afraid to share that because they don't want people, because um, you know, when people are doing well, we have this weird human relationship to that too. When people start acting yeah. strange around them. And then if they're not doing well, they're afraid of what that's going to um, say about them. So it's, it's, we have given money so much power over our sense of worth. And it's yeah. interesting because we use money, yes, as a, as a symbol of worth, but why have we tied it so much to our humanity, to our, um, whether we're good or bad, whether we're a, a worthy person, you know, it's, that's a choice that we can, I believe that we can take back, that we can be more conscious about, that we can say what money is going to mean for us and our business and develop a different way of looking at it. I don't know. I'm just, um, yeah, kind of no. break, I was thinking right now. About <laughs> Completely. Because it's all about definitions. I mean, like I've gotten in many an argument with my beautiful husband who is, um, you know, a CFO. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the, the financial definitions, you know, we should like have him on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> but you know, we've gotten in many of argument about the perception around it because it's really about how you slice it. You know, a lot, the masculine paradigm is to slice everything by, by the metric of money. But for me, I'm always including a lot more sort of comprehensive definition. Like it's not just about money. It's about money and balance and lifestyle and value and all of these things tied in together. And so I have to look at money from all those viewpoints. Whereas if you're just looking at money, like you're making this much money, you're not making this much money, you're making this much profit, you're not making this much profit. It's not really tied into the, all the other definitions that really matter to women, which is why we need a different conversation. And one of the things I was going to say, because I think this is so important, I just want to make sure I get this in, is that you need to find someone who is neutral about money and you can talk to about your goals. Because one of the things I see that happens is that, you know, say, say we create goals around money. A lot of times, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I know for a long time I would keep my goals hidden. Because I didn't want to talk about money because like you were saying, Laura, it's taboo. Or I didn't want my husband to react around it. Or I didn't want, you know, him to judge me if I failed and didn't make the money that I wanted to create. Or, you know, so there's all this trauma I had around sharing my money goals in my life. And so I just kept them hidden. And I think that's really dangerous because we need to be able to confide in people, to talk it out, to get more comfortable with talking about money. So I would highly recommend starting with someone who's really neutral, who will totally listen, who you can, you know, talk to about money because, you know, you need someone to share it with and not someone high gradient or someone you know is going to shame you or judge you, but really someone who, you know, can listen and share. Yes. Yes. That safe place to talk about money is oh, so important because we're already doing that to ourselves. We're already judging or, you know, starting to scrutinize ourselves. So a safe place to talk about money. And, you know, you may find that there's a friend of yours that is ready to start having those conversations and you just have to um, determine whether or not you both can be a safe place for each other and, you know, say, 
it's something that you want to keep in confidence. But I think that there's more of us that are itching, yearning, like, oh, to just get, you know, the and what's the, just, I don't know, name that elephant in the room and just be able to talk mm. about it. And I wonder, honestly, if we started talking more, it's kind of like the conscious raising circles of, yeah. you know, the sixties when women started um, admitting how much, how unhappy they were and mm. the other women realizing, oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. I was trying to be the perfect, happy <sighs> homemaker and turns out that I am not the only one that's depressed. I'm not the only one that's struggling. And so I think that with money, we almost have to do that in a way of just pulling it back, pulling back the curtain and starting to say, this is really vulnerable for me, but I'm not making the money that I want to make and I'm not sure why and I need help and I want to talk about it or I'm making the money that I want and I'm still embarrassed and I can't name it or claim it and I don't know what to do. And you know, I mean, there's just so many different things that I think we're experiencing and feeling about money. And I wonder what would happen if we allowed ourselves to be honest with one another about it. Yeah. And look, I think it's, I, I know it's challenging because a lot of people are triggered around money, right? Like it's a big trigger. We all have mindset stuff. So, you know, whether it's a coach or a therapist or, you know, someone that will, is like you're paying or, you know, really helping to listen, you know, that isn't going to put their triggers in the environment. I think that's really important because it does take some awareness and someone who's worked through some of their issues with money um, or has learned just to sort of hold their triggers back in an environment you know, to, to create that really safe space. Because, you know, the truth is a lot of your friends, a lot of your family, they're going to be triggered by money, especially the ones really invested in how much money you make or don't make or how much expenses you have or don't have like your partners. So yeah. I would definitely start with finding someone, you know, a, an intimate women's group, you know, some friends who are also in business who you could say, hey, can we um, maybe discuss together like money? Like, would you be open to that conversation? You know, going into something like like our Facebook group is a really safe space to talk about money. Um, you know, I'm I'm super clear with that Facebook group that it's a very supportive environment. I block anything that's negative. So, you know, that's a really great space you can talk about money. But really finding some places to feel safe around it, to express it, to communicate it. Because I think when we can do that, we're going to get more confident with money. We're going to get more confident with expressing our value, with talking about money. Um, and so I think it's a really important thing. Yes. And I, as you were talking, it made me think that I, it's re labeling, re-identifying, like you were kind of saying earlier, um, with money in that instead of thinking that the money is a measurement of how well our business is doing or what type of entrepreneur we are, like really realizing that if we're struggling with the energy flow of money, it really is just an energetic problem. It it's just an issue um, that has to do with somehow the energy that's coming in and the energy that's going out are not matching up in a way that's creating the ideal scenario for you. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. That's just a problem, a puzzle, uh, an issue to be looked at and fixed. And that's why we many of us became entrepreneurs because we love the shifting pieces of the puzzle to be able to take something that didn't exist before and create something new. And we're 
this is design thinking people like it's not going to always work. You're going to have a feedback loop, right? You're going to have prototypes and you're going to have to try them and you're going to have to shift them and tweak them. And I think that this comes back to breaking through the myth um, that, you know, there's overnight success or it's just a matter of um, if you're smart enough, if your product's good enough, something that you're just going to make all this money. And that means you're good at what you do. I don't know. You know, I just feel yeah. like that is way too shallow of a way to mm. look at a business is to only look at money as this like reflection of you're good at it. You're, you're a good business person because you have all this money. Right. And that's why we have to look at it more neutral. Like they're just numbers. They don't mean yeah. anything until you put a meaning on them. And, and usually people putting meanings that are in comparison to someone else in reflection of something else. And I think we, it needs to be something very personal. So we need to get more personal with our money, more neutral with our numbers. And, you know, we, we do need to wrap up this episode. I'm, I feel like we could talk about this literally like forever, but yeah. You know, one of the things that I did want to sort of talk about, because I've had a lot of people ask me this, is, you know, what are some of the numbers and metrics that we should keep track of in our business? Because I think, you know, I wanted this episode to be a little bit more about the practicalities of numbers in our business. And I think a lot of people aren't keeping track of numbers and they don't even know where to start. So... I just wanted some to provide some suggestions for what I think are some important numbers to keep track of in your business. I think keeping track of your sales is really important each month. So this is what you are selling each month, right? So this isn't necessarily your cash in. A lot of people have payment plans or they have different ways that they spread out payments. So this is like, what did you sell? You know, what was your revenue in that month? I think that's a really important metric to keep track of. I think the cash in, so what you collect each month is another important, you know, metric to keep track of because you need to know sort of where your cash flow is, cash flowing in, cash flowing out, and also where your sales are. So that gives you some, some different pictures of your business. I think you need to be keeping track of your monthly expenses, um, you know, and really looking at what are you really investing into the business? You know, what, I, what is the, you can look at your time as well. I think time is really important to look at as well. How much time are you spending in the business? Not just with each client, but actually like in your business working on it. And, you know, like what are all the expenses related to your business? So those are, you know, sort of four numbers that I think are really important. Leads that come in is also another important metric, you know, and I, I tend to look at leads as when they're direct connections. So they're not just like someone who engaged on your Facebook page or, you know, who, but someone who actually reached out to you interested in your services. To me, that's a, like a, a better measure of lead. And you want to also look at sort of your conversion percentage, like how many of those leads that come in and connect with you actually change over to sales. Um, these are just some really important numbers to start with and to look in your business because if you have a low conversion percentage, as an example, like a lot of those leads are coming in, but you're not converting them into sales, then you're able to look at that and say, ooh, how can I improve my conversions? Or- Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, R, if for instance, like your, your sales are good, like you're making some good sales, but your cash in's not good, you may need to change the way your payment plans are so that you have more cash flow, things like that. Yes, exactly. Um, and 
I was going to say with the, the leads are really important um, because then you can also see if the money, if you're investing a lot of money in advertising or different things to get leads and that's not panning out, that might be a time to switch um, a different tactic for the leads or the conversion. So this is, again, like looking at those numbers becomes data that then you get to use and make tweaks and changes to how you're managing your energy in your business. And it's really, I mean, for me, I just love my Google spreadsheets. I just pull up another Google spreadsheet and I'll just make my columns. And I do a lot of there. I do use Excel because my financial consultant prefers my things to be in Excel, which you can just export from Google sheets, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. I think some people feel like they have to download this whole big software and they have to, or get everything in their QuickBooks and just know that there's easy ways to start in a spreadsheet is a great way to just capture, just get some columns going and some line items and then just yep. put it in your numbers and start looking at that month, just every month and kind of have a set time that you're evaluating those different choices. And I actually just made a change because I noticed that I was struggling. Um, my, my, how much I made per month was okay, except that for some reason, I was stuck not being able to pay some bills earlier on in the month. And I was like, gosh, what's going on here that I'm making enough money, but not at the right time. So I just yep. changed the way that I brought the cash in. Like you said, I mm. had this, I was giving people way too long to pay invoices. So I started doing credit card capture and charging at the beginning of a service earlier on. So I had that money in the bank to pay the bills that were coming in. So all of that kind of um, practical information might not be something you're even aware of if you're not tracking it in a way that's easy to see like that. Yes. And most people aren't. And I think this, it, not most people, but a lot of women in business aren't that I have come into contact with and, and, you know, looked at. And I think, you know, it's, it's really important just to record it so that we can make improvements in the areas that matter. And we can really look at same with our time. Like if we're spending so much time but we're bringing in so little money, then obviously something in the business model's wrong, you know, or what you're doing and spending time on is wrong. So these are all like really important things that you need to be aware of um, and, you know, and, and pay attention to. And, and this is the beauty of it. And I think the, you know, the last thing, because um, we need to wrap up, but, you know, the other thing that probably could be an episode in and of itself is I think that we need to also be looking at debt for business, because I think a lot of people are scared to go into debt for business, or they go into too much debt for their business. And, and like debt can be a really useful way to leverage other people's money, right? For a return on investment. But we have to know what we're actually investing in. We have to know that that return on investment is going to be really powerful and that eventually we can pay that debt back. So like, I think, you know, that's a really interesting conversation just in and of itself is how do we utilize debt? Should we, shouldn't we? What does that all look like? Because I think we do have to invest to grow our business, but we need to make sure we're getting the return back. Agreed. Yes. We'll have to have some more conversations now about money. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like it's, it's so good. So yeah. look, we, we love to have like continue this conversation because I know we didn't cover even, you know, as many topics as I know some people would like us to cover around money. So please, you know, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. Come and talk to us about money. Come and talk to us about, you know, the different podcast episodes because, I mean, it is really about starting and continuing the conversation. So thanks everybody for joining us and we will see you next week. 
Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.